No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Rothman. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL. Customer service is back in shipping. It's South Florida's newest and freshest talk show. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? This is the Rich Rothman Show on 1360 WKAT. Okay, welcome back. This is Rich Rothman on the Rich Rothman Show, 1360 WKAT. And we have MDX, the entire Expressway Authority, is right here in my room right now in the studio, which is incredible. But we have uh, Alfred Lurigados is here and Teresita Garcia is here. And we're going to talk a little bit about what goes on with our roads because all of us are concerned with roads. And i got to tell you, and Wanda, you're aware of this. We talked about it. Every time there's a change, i got to stand up. Every time there's a change in South Florida, South Floridians really have a problem. You know, they get nuts, they get crazy. I remember when the Golden Glade thing project opened up, and, and we had all sorts of problems with that. And and I'm not saying it's, it has nothing to do with MDX. It has to do with us down here. And then we just started these new express lanes, which I think are brilliant. And I've seen them in other states, and they work great. And having been a person who commuted for almost 30 years out of Brickell Avenue to my home up in, uh, in Harbor Beach area, Harbor Inlet area in Fort Lauderdale, I knew that I never had an HOV was a waste for me. I couldn't get an nobody. No one in Florida wants to be HOV anyway. No one. No, we're all selfish. We just want to stay in our car and have our thing, and you want to come and go as you please, you know. So MDX is important. So number one, Alfred, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. What is and get real close to the mic. What is MDX all about? Tell us a little bit what that means. Maybe some people get confused. Well, MDX is the Miami Dade Expressway Authority. We're governed by a board of directors of 13 members, uh, about seven of them appointed by the, the governor and six by the Miami-Dade County Commission. And we basically are in charge of five expressways in South South Florida. And what are those? Which ones are those? Those are the Dolphin Expressway, Airport Expressway, the Gratney, Don Shula, and Snapper Creek. Basically, they're the fi- they're five tolled roads in Miami in Miami-Dade County. Uh, I-95 and Palmetto still still are under the jurisdiction of the Florida Department of Transportation. Those are not ours. Okay, but these are uh, some of the most well-traveled. You know, sound like Jeff's a bar now. You know, roads well-traveled, well-traveled roads down here. I mean, those are really hard roads to travel on sometimes. The Dolphin Expressway is one of the most heavily traveled, or the most heavily traveled east-west expressway in Miami-Dade County. Right, and we were just talking about that when, before we went on air. That I just drove it last week, and I remember driving the Dolphin Expressway for, for since it opened, and it was always crowded, always compacted with people. But you know what? I zipped. I never went below 60 miles an hour. It flew. I had my little sun pass. Bing! You run right through. Just got to make sure I'm on the right side. If I'm on the left side, I'm in trouble. One time I made that mistake, wound up in Kendall. There you go. Yeah, yeah that kind of you got to got to be hip to the signs. But it's terrific, and I think it's a wonderful idea. So, what's going on? What's the newest thing that's going on with MDX right now? The newest thing is our SunPass Mini. We're, we together with Florida's Turnpike. We're actually just launched the new sticker tag, which is now 4.99. And with that, what a deal! And with that, that's it's, even, great it's even better because you get 4.99 in tolls with the, the with the tag. So it's basically pays for free. itself. You get it for free, and you still get the, you still get the same discounts by using the, the tag. And there's one in your hand there, and it's uh, the size of a, a little bit bigger than a credit card. It goes right on your windshield. You peel and stick, and it's uh, the the new SunPass Mini. And is it's it in what here? Yeah, it's in there. It's that this little sticker. That's right. That's all it is. That's all it is. And it's cheaper, and it's more affordable and more available for everyone to have one. 
Terrible. See, this is terrible. i got to tell you something. I'll tell you what at SunPass. I remember years ago, I was coming back from, uh, God knows, probably Disney World with one of my kids. You know, twice, three times a year, you got to go do that. And, uh, and it was a commercial boulevard. You know, and, and I'm driving 75 miles an hour the whole way. We're making great time. We get to Commercial Boulevard. It's backed up for a mile because you, know, you had to throw the money oh, in. You had, to, you, know, you had to pay tolls. And then I saw this thing, prepaid, prepaid. You know, and there were a couple of people had it, and they're flying by. And I said, oh, my God, this is the future. This is the way it should be. Well, you know, you asked us what MDX is doing for yeah. the future. And, in fact, what we're doing is we're looking at open road tolling, which is no toll plazas, uh, just overhead gantries like you see on, on, on the toll plaza at 17th Avenue, the new toll plaza right. on, the, on the west. So how and fast can you go on those? Because I go pretty ex- fast. At expressway speed. Yeah, it's I between mean, I'm, you I'm and the government. The, I'm not doing 25 or anything like that. I just got to tell you that. But the, doing but, 65. But Correct. the issue is to use that to make roads more efficient. So they will all be electronic. There will be no toll plaza, just an open road. And then people will drive for the distance that they will pay for the distance that they drive. So some people will pay less than they paid today when they go through a toll plaza. Some people will pay about the same that they paid today at a toll plaza. But then those that don't pay will have to pay for something. So where do you guys get your money from? How does this work? All of our roads are funded solely through the tolls that you pay on our roads. So we don't get any sales tax. We don't get the half penny. You have, you're not a line item anywhere. Anywhere. We are solely self-funded by the users that pay for the system, and that money goes right back into the system. And, you know, tolls are a user fee. I mean, you use them, you pay them. You don't use them, you don't pay them. And that's very so you important. you get something. Absolutely. You get something, and that's very important at a time where transportation costs are going up and where funding is going down. So we are able to deliver projects a lot faster because we fund only through tolls. Well, I, I, I guess the point I'd like to get across sure, is it's important that those people that don't, for example, let's say you live in Kendall, work in Kendall, and you never use MDX roads. Why should you be taxed for those roads if you never use them? So if you use the roads, you pay for them. If you don't, you don't, you don't have to pay for them. And I think that's the biggest point about the user fee. But it looks like these are big capital projects. So when I see, when I was watching the Dolphin one, that's the one I'm very familiar with, uh, and that was the first one I saw that was huge. I mean, with those big overhead things that, you know, record the car. Right. And uh, that's a lot of work. I mean, you re- you had to redo all the roads. Is that you? Did you yeah, do th- that? That was us. It was a, a to- all said and done, for about $400 million with right-of-way, construction costs. And this you name comes it. from tolls? But yes. From tolls. But you know what Good is Lord. more important is that MDX was able to deliver those projects in about three years. And, and the important thing is we didn't have to wait to receive money from the state or from the federal government. We had our own financing. So we're able to deliver mobility a lot quicker. Well, you, you know what's interesting, Rich? I was just talking to somebody this week yeah. about 17th Avenue at the, by the Orange Bowl, or the former Orange Bowl. Right. And you used to stop there in 2001, and the only me- mechanism of payment was cash or, right. or coins. And then in 2001, we started Silly the Silly bars lines. that went up and down. And now people are spoiled almost because now you have this way to go fly through there at 75 miles per hour or yep. 65 miles per yep. hour, and you almost don't remember back to all the way to 2001, and that's only seven years ago. Well, you know, here's the neat thing, for, I think, for MDX, and, and this is why I think you guys do such a good job and you're so timely, and that is that everyone's trying, I mean, with $4.50 gasoline and going to go up, going to go down. I noticed it just came down a little bit in my neighborhood by about four cents. They were packed. Everyone ran and said, oh, my God, they're having a fire sale. You know, go in there and get the gasoline at Hess Station. But um, the fact that you don't have to stop, you're very correct. When you think back, 
to what it used to be to commute to downtown Miami, coming across that seven. That was always backed up, and either one way in the morning and the other way in the afternoon. It was horrible. And I think with the the efforts of the MDX, you've really alleviated that. And more importantly, uh, you really save gasoline. Absolutely, you save time, money. Obviously, by using SunPass, you get a twenty five cent discount on every transaction. Yep. So that the SunPass Mini is free, but the even and that's up and down the turnpike too. I know it's cheaper when I use the SunPass than I used to pay cash. Well, you know, we have some numbers on that eight thirty six extension that now goes takes you from the turnpike to one hundred thirty seventh Avenue. The people used to have to go through Tamiami Trail or through Coral Way, and right now they can just take the expressway right there. And there has been a 40% savings of time. And, I mean, that's real stuff. And, and that's what we try to deliver. So, you know, being able to, 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 to have more mobility. Uh, and when the open road tolling, obviously, like you were saying, you're going to go, it's safer because there's no toll plazas, no accidents. It's clean, it's less emissions, it's fair because now people will pay for what they drive. And then that will allow us to have money for future projects to do the same thing we did out west. So so the toll collectors, I mean, there are still some toll co- I guess you got to have that. Absolutely. You can't not have, not everybody has a, a sun pass, although they should. So you're still going to have some toll collectors, but a lot of them are going to go do other stuff. Uh, well, when we go into open road tolling, and this is not today, Right. I mean, we'll do it quarter by quarter in, in a span of about five years, starting in 2009 with Gratney after a uh, public official approval process with the public. Um, we will have programs to retrain those individuals to go in the back of house because then that's where the, the work is at, not collecting tolls right. but in the back. Right, and then and all those uh, those bars that come up and down, that's going to disappear. Gone, they're I mean, absolutely gone. You know, even with the sun pay, you used to have them with sun pass, and it would, and you would see people start and stop and start and stop and start and stop because the damn thing didn't go up. We had to get rid of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm sure a lot of them break. I'm, I'm absolutely, people yeah. may have driven through them. If they malfunction, yeah, you had a couple occasions. I remember some friends of mine had some issues with uh, broken windshields. Yeah, no, no, that, that's that's a very happy. That you're doing that. So let me ask you a question. MDX has been around for how long now? It was actually created by state legislation in 94, then became actual an MDX when the commission started in 1996. Actually, in December 10th, 96, we took over the roads by the transfer agreement from the Department of Transportation. So we are basically a a, a young agency. But it was created, and this is important to note, it was created those roadways were before under the Florida Department of Transportation. Whatever was collected there went to Tallahassee and then perhaps came back. Right. Now we ours. guarantee that whatever is collected here stays here and gets invested here. So, uh, Alfred, your function, you're, you're a director of engineering? Correct. Can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, it's an exciting thing, engineering the roadways. It's very well, it's- futuristic sounding. I'll tell you, I love my job because I have the best of both worlds. I deal with the planning, design, construction of all of our projects, operations, maintenance of the highways, the Road Ranger program, which a lot of you may be familiar with. Almost uh, lost it. We yeah. talked about it. Remember we talked about it on the show? They were, gonna, they were going to cut back some funding for that? Yeah, and, and actually the only the only agency outside of obviously other, other toll authorities that was not going to lose the service was MDX. Since we're self-funded, we weren't going to have to cut that service. That's terrific. That's a very good service, by the way, because my wife had a blowout. She's one of those. She had one of those tires that blew up on a Ford thing years ago, and the only people that were the guy was there, like in a second, he saw her, and he saved her. And he I have to tell you, for, for for any individual out there that go through one of these expressways and see somebody stopped on the road, they can dial 
FHP. They can dial star 347 or star FHP, and that's how you get a, flo- a, a road ranger out to and you. And they'll send it to you? Yes. And as long as, I guess, you know where, you're, where you are in your mile marker or something like that. Yeah, and actually, road ranger will give you up to a gallon or two of gas. They will give you a cell phone if you need to make a phone call. They'll help you change your tire and any small repairs that they may be able to do to help you get going. And you don't pay for this? Nothing. You don't pay for it. That's You know, these are nice guys. These are where do you the, find these? these this are, is South Florida, for God's sakes. Where do you find these, these nice are the souls? Angels this of the road. Christian fellowship out there warms the cockles of my heart here. All right, let's, I want to go back now. You've got some new projects coming online, and 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 were, were you part of this thing on I ninety five? And I'm very pro, by the way. Are, are you? Is that that's an MDX project? It's, no, actually, no. Actually, we su- okay. we supported the. I get that straight. We supported the department on the I ninety five managed lanes, and and yeah, they had some some issues with uh, with their launch, but. Um, I think it's a learning process. Around the country, a lot of agencies are going through the similar thing, and drivers get confused. I mean, there's there's a, a lessons learned approach that I'm sure DOT is going to be taking on this one. Okay, so um, MDX. So MDX, it, it's limited then. I mean, you're not Turnpike stuff. We're not Turnpike. We're not the Department of Transportation. So we're the other expressways outside of those two agencies. But you know, because in Miami-Dade County, all those expressways connect with each other. We work very closely. Uh-huh. Uh, with a turnpike, with DOT, uh, you know, with Miami-Dade County Public Works. I mean, we have to, with transit, we have to work very closely because we all get into each other. But, and, and, and it's important to, to, to say a couple things on, and let's go back, and they're all, always tied into SunPass. Um, now that I-95 managed lanes are in, right. it's a SunPass-only facility, just like our extension right. of 836. There's a campaign that they're going to be going through now, and I'm sure you're going to hear more and more about it before they go live as far as their, their tolling is concerned. Um, so it's working together with us, making sure signage, making sure the public's educated. It's a very important message to understand that it's a SunPass only. There's no cash option. So how do people get SunPasses? How do people? That was going to be my question. To- how do you how do you find these? Where do you? F- I know they're in Publix because I've seen them when I go shopping. They're in Publix. They're in Navarro. They're in Sedano, and they're in CVS Pharmacy, where you could buy the others. You can also go online, um, and uh, they're sold obviously at all the Turnpike uh, rest stations. Uh, but one of the things that is happening, and I think, you know, this just got launched on July 1st. What they're doing, the Turnpike is doing now for December, this will come along with a little card that then you'll be able to replenish them. And they're trying to expand so that they can be more available and you can just purchase them everywhere. Well, there's a, a there, there's an important message with SunPass. The old SunPass still works, the right. box. And yeah. if you have mul- white one. If you have multiple cars... You need to get that that SunPass. This new sticker tag does not work on multiple cars, so it that stays. it stays. So that's one thing we I want to make sure your listeners understand. This is for one vehicle. You stick it on your windshield and it stays. If you still have two cars that you want to register both Can license plates, go get the old one, or you may still have the old one. That still works all across the state of Florida. And in fact, we're working with. Uh, Miami-Dade County to make sure Rickenbacker is up on SunPass, hopefully hopefully in the next six months or so. Oh, that's great. That's terrific because I have another box that I keep in my car that I have to go search for. I have to remember, oh, my God, I don't have it in my car. And as I'm driving, I'm looking through my glove box trying to find this big box to take out to get in Rickenbacker. So that's great to know that. Well, you know, from a technology perspective, the next big issue is what is called interoperability. And hopefully, you know, you can go from state to state uh, with the same gadget, you know, uh, and, and that's what the that's what that's what the technology is looking at. Yeah, and, and actually, what what we're actually working with Easy Pass from New York all the way down to Georgia tolls to to Florida, so that everybody, as Terry mentioned, is on the same what the engineering industry calls protocol, so that everybody's right. on that same protocol. Well, and when will that when will this convergence happen? 
Well, it's a tough one because that's, that's a very big investment for a lot of agencies, so it's somewhere in the five- to ten-year horizon. Because, it, you know, it really makes a lot of sense. You shouldn't ever have to stop for a toll. You shouldn't have to stop to pay for part. It, it really makes sense. You can go into a parking lot at an airport, and your SunPass works in some of the airports, doesn't it? Yeah, and actually you, you're, you're close to doing it or are almost able to do it in Fort Lauderdale. In Miami International, they already ordered the equipment, so hopefully within six months to a year, they'll be up and running to pay your, your parking there. And I think everybody's going that, that way. So it's a one mechanism of payment for parking, your tolls, and it's a, as Terry mentioned, you're able to replenish it on that little key fob. And a, a, a lot, that little key fob is like what your LA Fitness has for you to scan in when you get to your to your gym. Uh-huh. It'll have the same one, and you walk in the public, so you give the attendant $10, scan your, credit, your, your account, and you're in. And it's a real-time transaction. So that's how this thing works. Yeah. On the back side of this sticker, you'll see a, a, like what looks to be like a, a Florida Lotto barcode, and that barcode actually is what ties into your account. But, well, let me ask you a question. What makes this work? I have a battery in my other one, don't that I? That is an interesting... Uh, it's a very interesting. Your, your windshield on, on most every car is a, obviously a, a, made of glass with yeah. silicone oxide. Right. When you peel off that sticker, it, it creates a antenna with your windshield out of out of the silicone oxide and it that's how it works and it's based on radio frequency transmission and that's how it captures it this is terrific that's really kind of futuristic stuff it's yeah, very that, that's an alfred question that was I mean, not an Ontario. i never wait a minute your windshield acts as an antenna correct and but where does it where does electric come to make this thing work i mean how does it work it's actually what's beaming a signal is those what, what look like pizza boxes up on top of the lane yeah so every time you look up that's what's beaming a signal down and that just serves as a like a, almost like a reader where it just picks up your SunPass. Wow. So this is... the old boxes, and I still have the old one in my car that has a little display on it. So remember, you, in real time, you knew what account balance you had on your yeah, display. Yeah, you used to hit the little button, and it would give you well, the current. And... That, that's what was called read-write, read-write technology. So we knew back then, that's why you had to slow down to 25, so we had enough transaction time to get you back and forth. On this new one, it's just a one single transaction that goes through. It scans the lane. You know, it knows your car was there, and we still take a picture of your car. But once we realize it's a valid transaction, we delete that photograph. Well, it, and the one I have, and and I have the one prior to this. Now I have the old ones, which I've kept. We have, we they lose them, they keep them. You know, we got like five of them at home. But um, but the new ones are a, a thinner box, right? Right. Stuck to the thing. You can't open it because if you do it, you violate something. Yeah, it's got suction cups on it. And it's got suction cups. I mean, is there a battery in that? There is a battery in that one. What do I have to do? Does that always work, or what's going to happen to me? You no, can, it, you can change the battery. Well, my kids have them. You, you can change that battery. Oh, you can. I, I think you you pop open one of the little sections okay, of it. Okay, all right. But that but that's still working. That's yes. a goodie. That still yes. works yeah. all the time. So what's the what what project you're working on now that's exciting? Well, the next big one, and funny enough, Terry and I are headed out right now to a meeting at seven o'clock with some residents out in, in Kendall. We're working Good on. Good luck. The, hey, you got you've got MDX. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we'll take our roadway there. We are actually going to head out to the Don Shula Expressway and, and Killian Interchange, and that's in the area of Miami Dade College down south. Sure. And it's about a sixty-five million dollar construction project, redoing Killian, redoing uh, Kendall. That whole area is just going to be widened a lot more, user friendly, get you get you home quicker, give you an alternative to transportation. And right on that area, in December, we're about to open a new ramp from Kendall to 874. If you go to Kendall, through Kendall, and you wanted to reach the Palmetto, you had to go 
get stuck in traffic. Right. Because you could only go to 878. Now, in December, you're going to be able to go to 874 right at 97th Avenue. So it will alleviate the traffic that now exists on Kendall. And that project is a project that's going to be done in December. The other one will commence right a little bit before in the fall. This is true. So when you finish a project, do you sign it somewhere? I mean, wish like no. an artist. Does it go to, <laughs> no, really. My, um, you're an engineer, and and my uh, uh, my uh, my father's brother uh, in New York was an engineer a long time ago. He's dead now, but um, he was one of the uh, designers of the Holland Tunnel wow. in New York City. No, that's an idea. No, that's a project. So, so no, no, really. So when you go to the Holland Tunnel on the on the New York side, and you come out on one of the tubes, there are two tubes, uh, and you go to see the name. My 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 uncle's name is there. Oh, that's a good idea. So you want to sign? It should be a plaque somewhere, you know, gleefully designed by Alfred. Another Alfred project. I think that's kind of neat. I'm going to talk to my boss about that one. I think well, you, we should do that. You know, we have uh, MDX has an enhancement pro, uh, uh, program that for each project we do, enhancements uh, to not only landscaping but hardscape. Uh, noise walls, new uh, design uh, when, that you see on the gantry, some palm front. That is all part of making our roadways not only more efficient, but they look better. They feel better. You know you're entering one of our expressways. And so, you know, perhaps that's where you can put the Alfred uh, was here. Uh, yeah, I, I, you have those frescoes on, yeah, these, uh, on these big walls, these concrete walls that you put well, up. T Terry went through a long process. She was part of it, of d going through that color palette. And I'm telling you, system-wide, we've gotten a lot of a lot of great responses from how the expressways look. And over time, we're not only stopping at the Don Shula, because those of your listeners that are still sitting on the Dolphin Express are saying, what about me, because I'm still sitting in traffic near the airport. We're still working with the Department of Transportation to get close to about 200 and, well, it's $500 million project. MDX is giving $200 million to redo the Dolphin-Palmetto interchange to alleviate that, whole, that area Dolphin by the airport. Dolphin-Palmetto. Right, that's always bad. 836, 826, that's the that's a most congested yes. interchange south of Atlanta. And what is important about that is that... The most congested south, that's a big statement. Yeah, that's a big of statement. Atlanta. Yes. That's a lot of human beings there. Now, Absolutely. Uh, what, 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 can, what is going to happen is that they'll be able to advance that project. They should start construction sometime in 2009, finish in 2013, 2014. But that's a project that if MDX had not put in that $200 million, would have had to be a lot later. So those are the kind of joint ventures and participation agreements that we work with other agencies. So you're, you, how far out do you think? Do you go out and you prognosticate what's going on well, here? Well, we just finished something very interesting called the Visioning Workshop. And the Visioning Workshop was where our board of directors, obviously assisted by staff, which is us, came up with the projects. And the projects are 2035 time frame. Wow. So we looked out to 2035 and what were the needs plan. And, and Terry can jump into what the needs plan is. Right. For, for those, we have a five-year work program that you can look in our website. And it tells you what we're going to be What's doing. What's your website? It's mdxway.com, www.mdxway.com. And it has the five-year work program. And then we're looking even further ahead into our long-range planning because we are also need to look ahead as to how we can provide that mobility, that connectivity within Miami-Dade County. Wow. You know, that's a great thing to give speeches about all the time because people love this stuff. <laughs> but but the, you know what's really nice about MDX? It works. I mean, it really works. And, and, and as a layperson, I'm not involved in what you do, but it works for me. It, it enhances my ability 
to transport myself, my goods, my family in South Florida. And I can only see something good coming out of this. I really can. Rich, we appreciate, you know, this opportunity to come here and talk to your listeners because it does take someone to point out how important transportation and mobility is for our quality of life, for our economic development. But, you know, sometimes it's a little hard when you sit in congestion to really look at all these things. Well, this has been great. And... Um Quick, where do they get these? They get these at Public CVS Navarro Sedanos. Right, and they pay four ninety nine and when they register this new one, they get four ninety nine in credit. So you really you're putting out the money and they're giving it back to you folks. You what nobody does that for you down here. Nobody. Well Mike, listen, we want to thank you so much thank for you. coming on thank the you show. For having us. We're gonna be right back. This is Rich Rothman on thirteen sixty WKAT. Uh, see you on the other side. If you'd like to improve and advance your business career and gain insight into developing top leadership qualities, then you need to register for the Skills for Effective Management program at Florida International University. This two-day program, which runs July 14th through July 15th, teaches leaders and prospective leaders how to foster a collaborative team-based business. It will help you develop effective skills and strategies that are essential for personal and organizational success. You will gain essential management communication skills, creative problem-solving strategies, negotiation tactics to help optimize outcomes and new methods for enhancing how your employees interact especially in a team environment don't miss out on this opportunity to build on your career to enroll for fiu's skill for effective management program starting july 14th please call 305-348-4217 at florida international university for more details or registration pizza fusion america's greenest restaurant is now open in weston saving the earth one pizza at a time Pizza Fusion serves a gourmet and organic menu of pizza, focaccia sandwiches, wraps, desserts, beer, and wine. All Pizza Fusion items are served in their purest form, untainted by the artificial additives such as sweeteners, pesticides, preservatives, and hormones. Enjoy our fresh salads, breads, dips, wraps, and pizzas. All made to order upon your request with specialty toppings like goat cheese, Key West shrimp, wild lobster, spinach, eggplant, feta cheese, and more. It's all organic, natural, and delicious at Pizza Fusion. Come in today to Pizza Fusion at 2378 Weston Road in Weston and build your own pizza. Call 954-641-5353 for more information. Pizza Fusion in Weston. Saving the earth one pizza at a time. The Port of Miami is the second largest economic engine in our community, providing an annual economic base of over $16 billion and over 100,000 jobs. These are high-paying in-demand jobs, very much coveted by other cities and ports throughout the Americas. We're fortunate to have this business. And of that $16 billion, international trade and cargo at the port accounts for over $13 billion per year, a significant fact as well as a significant economic impact for all of us, the Port of Miami, working to enhance and contribute to the economic success of our country, further reinforcing Miami and South Florida as the gateway to the Americas. A new terminal that is larger than some mid-sized U.S. airports. The new Miami International Airport. A new 350-space ground-level short-term parking lot. The new Miami International Airport. The only U.S. airport with sleep pods. The new Miami International Airport. The international gateway to the Americas with more flights to South America than all U.S. airports combined. 
the new Miami International Airport. And coming soon, 61 new retail and food shops to add to your airport savoir-faire. Come experience the new Miami International Airport and watch us move towards the future. The new Miami International Airport. Where in South Florida can you find a truly elegant hotel with 276 luxury guest rooms, offering a newly renovated championship golf course, tennis courts, the largest hotel swimming pool in the country with private poolside cabanas, a world-class spa, and an award-winning fitness center with a restaurant that Zagat called one of the best restaurants in the country, all spread over a 150-acre tropical paradise landscape. Give up? At Biltmore Carl Gables, Miami, a golf and spa resort. Built in 1926, Biltmore Carl Gables, Miami, the golf and spa resort, is a South Florida landmark. With all the amenities to make your next getaway weekend or night away from the kids a memorable experience. Visit www.biltmorehotel.com for more information or call 1-800-747-1926 for reservations. Your next great getaway weekend, or night out, awaits you at Biltmore Carl Gables, Miami, a golf and spa resort. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Rothman. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL, customer service is back in shipping. Live from Atlantic Radio Network in Coral Gables, Florida. Who are those guys? This is the Rich Rothman Show on 1360 WKAT. Okay, welcome back. Uh, this is Rich Rothman and Wanda Miles on the Rich Rothman Show, 1360 WKAT. And um, we have on the line with us right now, Phil Latzman. Hi, Phil. Hey, Rich and Wanda. How are you guys? We're doing great. We're, uh, we just had the MDX folks here. We're talking traffic. And, of course, Phil, uh, who can be heard, of course, on WLRN, uh, Miami Herald News, is uh, very much involved in studying and reporting on transportation in South Florida, which is a really big deal, isn't it? Yeah, like I must add, not by choice, by necessity. You know, I'm one of those people who, you know, commutes like the rest of South Florida. And, you know, the, the problem is that South Florida just, this area just cannot get it right when it comes to transportation. There's been one boondoggle after another here, and you get the feeling sometimes that this is really never going to be a place that is going to get transportation whether by car or by train or by bus down pat, it really seems dysfunctional around here. Well, it, it has been that way for me. Just to give you my background, I've been commuting for almost, or had been commuting for almost 30 years from the Fort Lauderdale area to my office in uh, downtown Miami on Brickell Avenue. Uh, and, of course, <laughs> how am I going to do it? It's I-95. And it used to be if I left my home at about 6.30 in the morning, it was no big deal. You zip in. I'm in downtown on Brickell. I'm going to meet somebody for breakfast. 6.30, you're already in bumper-to-bumper traffic now in South Florida. So now it's 5 o'clock in the morning that you have to leave to do that. When when uh, Triwheel, uh, you know, was proposed years ago, I said, God, this would be great. I'm a kid from New York. And I remember my, my friend's father used to commute from, you know, New Haven, New Hartford, Connecticut. Sure. And boom, they're taken to Grand Central. From Grand Central, they catch a subway or a cab, and they're, you know, on Madison Avenue, whatever, and they get to their job. Here... Well, it's a slightly different story, the way we designed it. We have a train that goes, let me think, if I want to go to Brickell, I have to go to Hialeah, which is sort of yeah. like if I live, if I worked on Wall Street, Phil, I'm going to wind up in, in Queens. 
Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Metro North kid too, as well. I've been growing up in Westchester County, New York, and relying on public transportation, not even really needing a car until I was, you know, probably 18 or so. Right. Uh, and you know, I, I, I the problem here is that TriRail, while it's a great idea and actually could be very economical, there are a lot of advantages to TriRail. For me, for somebody like me, it's it's completely impossible. And and one of the reasons is, as you mentioned, you have to go to Hialeah to transfer to a Metro Rail train to take into downtown Miami to transfer to a Metro Metro Mover. And that will take you, that exchange will take you uh, an hour and a half, at least in my case. I live in East Hollywood. And, you know, for me, it takes me about about a half hour, 35 minutes, which is not so bad coming from Hollywood to downtown Miami. If I were to try public transportation, and I did this for some stories, uh, it would take me uh, about an hour and a half to do it by bus from Hollywood. I'd have to walk to the stop. And the tri-rail is insane. I'd have to go out of my way west to hop on the tri-rail, which, by the way, goes through areas that are not heavily populated. So you have to go out to the tri-rail station, right. drop off your car somewhere, get on the tri-rail, go to Hialeah, and as we mentioned, then do the shuffle, try to get to downtown Miami. So for a lot of South Floridians, it just doesn't make sense, public transportation. So let me ask you and a question, It's, it's, it's Bill. been a function of the, of the government here that they haven't come up with better solutions for people. Why didn't they? I mean, FEC had lines going right into downtown Miami. I never understood why it didn't parallel I-95. If you want to get people off of I-95 traveling into downtown Miami, take them to downtown Miami. It doesn't seem very complicated to figure that out. Well, How come we never figured it out? I, they didn't. They obviously didn't. Uh, they did. You know, the the the, the very idea. And I, I think one of the best ideas that I have heard in a long time is to is to try to make the the old Miami Arena sort of a train station. There's a lot of train tracks. Anybody that's ever been down there knows that area pretty well. And you, right. You know, it, that would have made a lot of sense to be able to have the 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 tri rail go to a place like that where people could pretty easily walk to if they needed to maybe hop the metro rail from there to get to downtown right but to, but to have it fed out west that's just but that's just one of the problems that this area faces with with transportation but that's certainly the, the tri-rail situation while it works for some people um it doesn't work for a lot of people it's all right let's, let's talk for a second about uh i-95 uh i remember years ago when they were proposing the the flyover in golden glades and I, and I had visions of really great things occurring, that they could really move the traffic. Instead, the first day I saw it open, going north, I saw a car accident that killed the guy. Yeah, I mean, that's, the, that's one of the boondoggles we talked about, that flyover on I-95, which people still weave in and out of to try to get into. They don't get it. Of. They don't get it. They, they get panicked, the last, particularly those who don't get, understand where it's going. Because I think it's going to go out west someplace, and that's not where they want to go. Well, so, now it's even worse. Because we've got new 95 Express for those of us who have to now risk our lives to, to get home every day. Well, Going he, from Miami to Hollywood, and that's been demolition derby. As you, as we well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, let me ask you a question. Now, I saw express lanes for years in California when I was out there uh, for business. And they have express, and they're slightly raised on some of the highways that I was on. And, yes, you could not get off of it. For one thing, your car is going to go on an angle, so you don't want to do that. But... I'm not against express lanes. I kind of like the idea, since I would not get off anywhere between downtown Miami and way beyond the Golden Glades anyway, because I would get off at 595 to go east, as you would probably get off around Hollywood Boulevard to go east. I don't, I'm not against that. My question is, how come, what, what, whoa, where is this problem coming from? Talk to me about that, because you study this all the time. 
Well, I mean, it's. I think that the, part of the problem is cultural difference in driving, and I don't mean it in a. I just think people come from all around the world here. Right. There are tourists. There are people from South America, from the Caribbean, from Europe, from New York, obviously, right. from all points of the earth, and and just people are very confused about where to go. And that's not necessarily the case in, in rush hour, but. There's just a lot of different driving styles. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think that there's enough enforcement done by the Florida Highway Patrol or by uh, police officers. And now that they've, they've done this on 95, there's no room for these police officers to sit on the shoulder and enforce people who drive like idiots. And we certainly have a, a high degree of that here. Um, and and it's, you know, people will complain about getting speeding tickets and this and that, but I, I, I really think that people do it because there is a lack of enforcement here. And there's the fact that people just, you know, have different driving skills and there's not, uh, and, and, and everybody complains about it. Everybody complains about how bad the traffic is in, in, uh, in South Florida. It's just part of the culture. Uh, and, uh, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with enforcement. They need to do a better job of enforcing the traffic laws here. Well, I think you're right because I, I see people just speeding, and I'm not a slow driver, by the way. I drive pretty quick. But if I'm driving pretty quick, what are these other guys doing? And then you see these incredible accidents. I mean, for, when I used to drive to downtown Miami all the time, I used to rate the accidents 1 to 10 and on, on, on creativity, effectiveness, and death. And at least, you know, I get some jollies out of it because I, you could sit there forever. And then very often, Phil, you stop in traffic on I-95, there isn't any accident. It just slows down. I don't know why it slows down. It slows down. And you don't have a chance to, to make your meeting on time. Very, very frustrating. So when you talk about transportation, talk a little bit. What to you are the, are the, the greatest boondoggles or the biggest problems that we've got right now? Well, I mean, one of them certainly is that flyover ramp uh, yeah. that they built, but that's about 10 years old now. Uh, the, the other boondoggles are the, 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 the way that the transit system is laid out and the fact that people will are, are just are not able to that now with the budget cuts you're going to get less bus service there are going to be things that are going to be that are going to be trimmed trimmed down but you have to wonder about this whole 95 express experiment at this point uh whether it's going to be worth it for people when it works when it does work it seems like it, it, it it's effective people are getting through they're getting through with you know in, in the left two lanes that like they're supposed to and the right four lanes are a little more congested uh, but if that doesn't improve and it continues to be a hazard, uh, that will go down as as one of the biggest mistakes that's ever been made here, and and fatal mistake perhaps if, if people continue getting into these accidents. How many people uh, have we killed so far, Phil? I don't know. If, I don't know a number on that to be quite honest with you. But, but we have killed some. Have we killed anybody? Too. I'm, I'm not sure that there's been a fatality. I've not heard. Um, but you know, I, I think that if if that continues, that certainly ranks there. And, and I think the uh, the metro move, the metro rail project, the fact that the Miami Dade Commission is now trying to get spend this nine billion dollars over the next uh, what is it thirty years for improvements to metro rail. Right. Uh, these improvements should have been made a, a very long time ago to extend the the rail system to the north and to the west it was never done and now it's going to be expensive and we're facing budget uh, tough budget times and that's just miami-dade county that we're talking about uh, you know broward's no better palm beach uh, is no better i mean this really has to be as as joe eglis and the, the broward commissioner uh, who's now on the the board of the south florida regional transportation authority told me last week has to be a regional effort for Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach County to come together and find solutions here. 
so what we have is, is still a very is a major major problem, and it's a major problem that that is deflecting people away from this area as well. So uh, I think it's uh, it's something that that, that that the very top levels needs to be addressed. So it's interesting you said that because uh, a good friend of mine is Tony Villamil, and I was having lunch with him a number of He's months ago. News, yeah. Tony's a great guy, and and, and I said Tony, I kind of think there are two things that are really concerning me. Uh, having been in media, and I would write about them if I owned a magazine, which I don't anymore, so those days are gone. But number one, um, affordable housing it doesn't exist in South Florida very well. Nobody wants to do it. Number two, uh, to help people to, to move to this area. And number two, you can't get there from here. You can't commute well in this area. And if you can't get your employees to get to their jobs efficiently, effectively, and on time, it, it's all going to crash on us. It's all going to fall apart. So, and he agreed. What you're saying, Phil, is very, very correct. That yeah, and, and you know, I, I think it's, and Tony would probably be the first to tell you that we are really transitioning here to from a state that used to be a low cost place to live here to one that is a much higher cost place. Oh and my God, those days are over. To, yeah, exactly. And now you're going to have to provide people with easier and more inexpensive ways to get to and from to work or else the system's going to fall apart in more ways than one. And, and uh, you know, it, it's interesting with this whole debate over the Marlins baseball stadium that we've been having thanks to uh, Norman Brayman's lawsuit. Right. Uh, you know, you build this baseball stadium in Little Havana, are people really going to come there? And necessarily would they come there? Uh, yeah, they could drive there, but it, would, it be, would it be nice if they had some d- more direct way for people to get to and fro to go see a baseball game in every major metropolitan area? There are easier ways to take mass transit to get to see sporting events. And that's another issue, another reason why teams like the Marlins can't draw fans, because it's not like you can get on the damn uh, subway and get up to the Marlins. Well, you you know what? You're very right. You know, I'm a kid from New York City. I grew up in Manhattan. And I remember uh, Yankee Stadium, my dad and I, and we had a car in New York, which in the 50s, I mean, you didn't even need it, but my, my dad had it. But we would take the subway to Yankee Stadium, and yeah, bingo, you, you walk out there. Yeah. Chase Stadium, exact same thing. You have the subways right there, the elevated subway. Uh, here, uh, number one, you, you're right. Uh, at Dolphin Stadium, it's very, very difficult. Not a good place to get in and out of. The ingress and egress there is terrible. Uh, very often you wind up going in, in places that you don't want to go because you can't make the turn that won't let you. So that's not very, very good. Uh, number two... Um, you can't get to the airport by rapid transit because we don't have any rapid transit that goes to the airport. Now that's well, they're working on that. They're they're talking about this uh, metro rail extension to the airport, intermodal center. Whatever happened to the intermodal center? I I was on the committee for that a long time ago. It's uh, it's still there. It's still it's it's. uh, I'm not sure the scheduled opening for it, but uh, it's under construction. I passed by it not too long ago just to see how things were going, and. they think that that is going to be a major equation, at least when it comes to the airport. And, and that could also help commuting because a lot of the trains, I think they want to get the, the tri-rails in there as well and, and get people to downtown. That might be some of the, the solution there. Uh, but there aren't many other great solutions being thought of right now. And you're right, the, the sports aspect of it, it has a ripple effect. The transportation issues we have here have ripple effects. In, in many other areas of, 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 of our economy, and that, you know, that that happens to be one of them. You know, I have never, and I've lived here since 1972, when I moved from uh, upstate New York, uh, I have never taken a bus in South Florida. 
I can't remember being on a bus. No, I and I did. I, I was going to do that as a grand experiment for a story, and I just it just and I, I still may just because I've never really ridden public transportation in this town, and I would love to try it. I would really love it if there was just an easy way to hop on the bus, hop on the metro rail, tri rail, uh, metro mover, and get to work and get back and forth. That would really would make my day a lot less stressful. I could sit there, read a paper. I could listen to my MP3 player or NPR or or, or work your on station. your computer or anybody. Right? I mean, whatever it is, you could work. Uh, it really would make life a lot easier. And I just I've just found out that it's, it just doesn't seem like it's ever going to happen. I don't think that there's going to be a solution, at least uh, for me. Uh, whether it's geographically or not, that's going to be suitable for me to be able to take public transportation, and it's and it's a shame. So, who's the hero? Are there any heroes out there? Any super supermen out there? Super women out there? And Rich, and Rich, here's another thing. You know, in New York, it, it, the subway is the great equalizer, as everybody's talked about. You know, you have people from the very lowest scale of the of the economic ladder to the highest on the subway. Right. Everybody uses it. Everybody takes it. And and that is another thing that separates us culturally here uh, is the people who take public transportation are obviously the people that uh, like you know that would seem to be the ones that are not as well off as those who are driving back and forth in their BMWs on I-95 and can afford to pay for the new 95 Express. So that's a very uh, good point. It's, it is the uh, the equalizer. It is the common denominator. But you're very correct. If you're in Midtown Manhattan and you got to get down to Wall Street and you have to be there in 45 minutes, you're never going to make it. You have to take the subway. It'll get you there. Once you're on the train, you'll get there in 25 minutes. Right. You know? Yeah. No. It's. Uh, it's uh, we have a, a set and 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 you you hear economists and people that deal with this issue uh, public transportation uh, you know they'll they'll tell you that this is just not made to be that type of place that sunbelt cities uh, that don't have population centers like Miami like Dallas like Los Angeles uh, you, you know just are not going to be cities that are going to have viable public tra transportation options but you have to wonder if that's that thinking it has to change with with our gas prices the way they are and uh they have to figure out something some sort of master plan needs to be in place for this neighborhood well you just hit on a very good point when you look at these other mega cities they do have a core downtown area so you have a thriving downtown area Miami until recently, well, I don't know even if it exists right now. I see a lot of empty buildings, but Miami didn't have a core downtown all the years that I worked here. I mean, Brickle Key was it. Mary, uh, uh, Mary Brickle Village didn't exist. The condos except along Brickle Avenue, which grew up in the late 70s and the 80s with the corporate hybrid travelers moving in, uh, they, they grew up. But we didn't have a, a core. There was nothing to do in downtown Miami. You think about it, except for Cy Mandel. I mean, size years ago. What was really there? There wasn't a lot there. Maybe uh, uh, Tobacco Road. But now, one would have hoped, as, as uh, you know, Jorge Perez and Related and all those other guys put up the, 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 uh, the condominiums, given it was, if it were a good economy, you'd have people living there, then you would have a reason to develop this you know, intra-area. Uh, you know, rapid transit so people can get around. You're very correct. When we, that's a good point, that these other cities have core areas to develop. We're first getting there. We're not there yet. Well, remember, there are 22,000, it's estimated, unsold or empty new condos I know. in downtown Miami. And 
you know, one day those condos will get filled, and there will probably be some good deals there, and, and a lot of Europeans living at those buildings with the way the euro is. Uh, but there, there, one day those buildings will be filled, and there, there may be more of a population center. I think we're, we're all going to see a more, more of a population center in the Miami area. Uh, whether those are people that, you know, are, are the year-round residents is another story. But I think that Miami is getting there, and if it's done right, uh, there could be a good system. That The streetcar system might not be such a bad idea, which is part of this mega plan. Uh, but it's not there yet, and it's hard to convince people, and it's hard to get anything done right now with the economy the way it is. So it looks pretty bleak. So, all right, Phil. I know uh, this is a, we haven't spoken in a long time, uh, maybe even never at all in all the years I've been around. But I've listened. Well, I know who uh, you are. I know you. I know you. But the, well, you the, and I both are mutual acquaintances. I know, and uh, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun talking about this. It's a critical issue. It's a great uh, issue. Survival here. All right. Here's the last question, Phil. So, are you an optimist or a pessimist on this? Well, you know, I'm in the media, so I guess I'm a pessimist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just no. like my partner. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Wanda, right? She's uh, she's right there nodding her head. Uh, but I I I, uh, I, uh, I guess I'm an optimist because I, I I really would like to think that this community will get better and that we'll be able to make those improvements and that over time people will wake up and realize how important certain things are and prioritize. Uh, and the only way for things like that to happen is to hit prices. That uh, maybe we're there. Well, that's the whole point. Maybe we are there. Maybe the whole price thing with oil is the catalyst to make this happen. Because you know what? You just said it before. People have to change their psychology about how they you know, lead their lives to go to rapid transit. So maybe somehow they're going to have to make that choice now because they have no choice other than that. So anyway, Phil. Necessity breeds invention, my friend. Exactly, sir. Well, listen, Phil, thanks so much for coming on the show. I know you're busy. We appreciate it. Hi, Rich. It was my pleasure. Thanks. All right. Take care, man. Bye. Wanda, that was good. I like Phil. Yeah, me too. You know? <laughs> He's... It's, it is hopeless. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah. my God. He didn't answer my question. Where's the Superman out there? No. Who's the Superman? I don't know. Sure I don't know if it's is. Norman Brayman. I have no idea. I don't know. I, I'm not sure about that. But we'll listen, get through it. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out somehow. Get bikes. So we got a, we got a big show tomorrow. Tomorrow's Entertainment Day. Yes. So we have uh, the folks in the... To the Miracle Mile, uh, actually, the Actors Playhouse. Yeah, we're gonna go do that tonight. Midlife crisis. Mid yeah, we're gonna musical. And we're, we're gonna have some of the folks here tomorrow. Yes, we will. And then, do we also have laughing matters? And the, the laughing, um, Wells is his name. He is Rita's husband. I forget. Yeah. I've forgotten his name already, but. Uh, but it's on the site. But we'll laughing matters. Yeah, check out the site. That yeah. has all the information you need. So that'll be good. So it's gonna be kind of a humorous musical-like day. And then we have Neil Asbury. Yes, maybe we can get him to sing a song. Oh, I don't know about that, but he's going to talk about something called Yellow Wind in China. Sounds musical. Yeah, really. Well, listen, we had a lot of fun with you today. Um, I hope you learned a couple of things along the way, particularly uh, Jeff Zabar is talking about Henry David Thoreau. Don't forget college credit for that, folks. Uh, you can find us at richrothmanshow.com, where we stream. You can find us at iTunes, or you can go to 1360wkat.com. Yeah, that's where we are. So we're going to see you tomorrow. Have a great evening. Drive safely for our 995. So be it. See Slow you down. then. Bye.